Live from the WTAD studios in the Lincoln Douglas Building in downtown Quincy, it's time to pull up a chair and assemble today's WTAD News Roundtable. of the News Roundtable. Show you. So good morning. My name's Quaid. I'm joined in studio by Steve Bull, uh, who is pressing all the buttons and making all the faces. And uh, Scott Hardy is in from the WTAD newsroom. Just to follow up on what we were talking about yesterday, uh, Missouri Senator Josh Hawley did introduce a resolution yesterday to censure uh, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer. Uh, his uh, resolution has 14 Republican co-sponsors, including Senator Joni Ernst from Iowa. And uh, in his resolution, he invoked the shooting of House Minority Whip Steve Scalise uh, in regards to uh, Schumer's comments about the dangers of violent rhetoric. Well, and uh, comments about Schumer's uh, statement about the dangers of violent rhetoric uh, at the time of that incident. Uh I don't know how far this is going to go. Mitch McConnell, uh, Senate Majority Leader, didn't comment on the resolution itself. Uh, also, interestingly, uh, Missouri Senator Roy Blunt did criticize uh, Chuck Schumer's remarks as, uh, quote-unquote, reckless and irresponsible. But Senator Blunt didn't say whether he supported the censure resolution. And uh, it goes uh, to the to, to point that uh, Mitch McConnell may even sign on to the censure but never bring it uh, to the floor. So just, again, following up, Josh Hawley did, uh, after saying he would do it, follow through with the resolution. Coming up on the back half of today's show, we check back in on the Illinois State's Property, task, property Tax Relief Task Force, who apparently, in many cases, is like, all right, we're done. What What else do you want us to do? And some Republicans in Springfield and and some Democrats are like, we could seriously do more. And uh, this uh, flows into uh, Governor Pritzker's comments about cynicism and what he's really looking towards uh, later this year as opposed to property tax relief. Remember, words mean things. So we'll get into that on the back half of today's show. But first things first, in with all the latest from the WTAD newsroom, Say good Friday morning to Scott Hardy. Good morning, Quaid. Good morning, everybody. Quincy and Adams County residents got their final look at a plan being put forth by the Quincy Regional Transportation Committee. There was an open house that was held last night where residents got to look at the results of uh, the traffic safety and transportation analysis. Blueprints were on display, and residents were able to talk with high-ranking members in the community. The project now plans uh, will be finalized and sent back to IDOT, according to organizers. They say that as soon as the Quincy City Council adopts the plan, they'll be ready to work on it. Organizers say once plans are wrapped up, the city will then turn its attention to finances. Total cost for the projects is undetermined right now. That's because grant applications and other revenue sources have yet to be determined. A new London man is the new chairman of the Missouri Highways and Transportation Commission. 
John Briscoe was elected the new chair of the commission Wednesday during a meeting in Jefferson City. The Democrat was appointed to the commission in December 2015, and he will serve until March 1, 2021. Briscoe is a partner in the Briscoe and Brandon Law Firm in New London and Hannibal. He served as prosecuting attorney for Knox County in the late 60s and the prosecuting attorney for Rawls County in the 1970s as well. That six-member bipartisan commission governs the Missouri Department of Transportation, which decides uh, which builds, operates, and maintains the state highway system in Missouri. An SUV crashed into a traffic light at 12th and Main yesterday afternoon, injuring one and snarling traffic for over two hours. Quincy police say that accident happened around 2.30 when 69-year-old Daniel Durst was east on Main when he drove across the traffic lanes and his SUV took out the traffic pole. His SUV continued on, crashing into a building at 12.13 Main. Durst was rushed to Blessing Hospital. He was also ticketed. Traffic was slowed for several hours after the crash because that intersection went to a four-way stop on flashing red. A SUV pulled into the path of an oncoming motorcycle around 2.30 Thursday at 52nd and Broadway. Quincy police identified the driver of that SUV as Robert Rowles of Pittsfield. He was ticketed for failing to yield. He was unhurt, but the motorcyclist, 24-year-old Cameron Burke of Quincy, was taken to Blessing Hospital with what police described as non-life-threatening injuries. Hannibal police had to deal with an accident that took out a utility pole. That accident happened yesterday, last night around 8.35. Officers were called to Pleasant and Roosevelt. The passenger car, which was west on Pleasant, went off the highway, hit that utility pole, then overturned and came to rest on its top in the road. Police described the driver as a 64-year-old Hannibal man who was treated on scene for only minor injuries. A Quincy man has pleaded not guilty to seven child porn counts he faces in Adams County. says he'll change that plea instead of going on trial next week. Nathan Caldwell was in Adams County Circuit Court Wednesday where he waived his right to a jury and said he'd enter a guilty plea as part of a settlement with prosecutors. That decision canceled a trial set to start on Monday. Caldwell will now enter a plea March 23rd. He's facing seven counts of child porn, including three Class X counts involving a victim under 13. He was indicted in November 2018 by an Adams County grand jury. The former worker at a daycare run by the Church of St. Peter was arrested after Quincy police got a tip from the Illinois Attorney General's Internet Crimes Against Children Division. He's accused of having hundreds of pictures and over a dozen videos on his phone. Caldwell remains in the Adams County Jail. A Rushville woman facing a Class X meth charge after her arrest in late September has pleaded guilty in a settlement with prosecutors. is going to prison. Kelly Thurman was in Schuyler County Circuit Court Wednesday for a status hearing. Records show at that hearing she pleaded guilty to a Class X count of meth delivery between 15 and 100 grams. In return, prosecutors dropped a second count of unlawful restraint. After the plea, Thurman was then sentenced to six years in prison. That's the minimum sentence in a Class X case. Thurman was arrested in late September by Rushville police. And Edina police, who were looking for a two-year-old girl who had been missing for nearly a week, say she's been found safe in central Missouri. In a statement Thursday, police say two-year-old Lily Futes was found at a relative's home in Columbia. Police had issued an endangered person advisory late Wednesday night for Futes after an incident February 28th at the Edina Apartments. Statement says that the girl was last seen around 4 p.m. that afternoon where she was on a trial home visit at the apartments with her non-custodial mother. Police say the mother, 37-year-old Donna Lynn Ringhofer of Columbia, made statements saying she was going to Springfield, Missouri. She had failed to return the child to the Missouri Children's Division. There's no word yet on if Ringhofer will be charged in the case. 
That is a look at the latest in local news. Of course, we'll have more for you throughout the afternoon right here on WTAD.com and on our social media pages, including both Twitter and Facebook. And the topic will be the local response to the COVID-19 virus. Oh, yes. Both Blessing Hospital and the uh, Blessing Health System and the Adams County Health Department have issued statements about their plans. So we will have that for you throughout the afternoon okay. and on the website and social media as well. Interesting. Very, uh, very big topic uh, these days mm-hmm. as uh, there are, you're seeing stories uh, pop up in media about, you know, there have already been cases uh, in Chicago with like five. Five now, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, most of them, most of them have been. One person's caught it, and then their spouse caught it, too. Sure. So, um, But uh, you're right. Central Illinois, I think there, there, there's been something, and obviously that's not uh, in, including us in the story that I saw, but I think it included, like, Champaign, Decatur, mm-hmm. Springfield uh, area, and how that response would be. So right on time Yeah. Uh, for Blessing in Adams County. Good. Looking forward to that. Thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. Stand 15. We'll take a time out. And when we come back, the 88-member, seven-subcommittee property tax relief task force uh, has decided, eh, what? We're done. What? Would You wanted more? We'll get into that next on the News Roundtable. WTAD. Moles and trolls, work, 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 work. Welcome back to the News Roundtable. Uh, Talk Radio 930 WTAD. It's 1019. Hey, you remember that property tax relief task force that was put together in Springfield? 88 members, seven subcommittees, and then they handed in their work late uh, with an end chewed off by a pet, a piece of gum stuck in the middle of one of the pages, and it was just a, a rough draft that got turned in late. And since then, we've seen, there you go. So House Republicans earlier this week uh, took the opportunity to say that uh, there need to be fair hearings on the measures that they've brought up to reduce property taxes in Illinois. If you remember, going back to the holidays, uh, Republicans were complaining that the ideas that they had brought forward, Democrats were like, nah, we're, we're working on a bigger thing uh, right here. Thanks for your input. Uh, we've got bigger stuff to turn in. And then they turned in essentially a rough draft in pencil. Uh, so at the State House earlier this week at a news conference, uh, Republicans called the Property Tax Relief Task Force a sham, a failure, a facade, uh, and just an effort to push for increased sales uh, and income taxes rather than property tax relief. And as we said before, all you're doing at that point in time is moving the cookies around on the plate and saying, look what I did. Because ultimately, the money comes from the same place, uh, whether it's in the form of property tax, income tax, uh, sales tax, it's still coming from your wallet. And now how it gets used in 
uh, Springfield versus uh, does it get used here locally? That's a fair and worthwhile argument to have. And I think local governments across the states are ready to have that particular uh, debate with Springfield, and it's probably long overdue, and I think uh, that momentum will be uh, surging towards that uh, big conversation. But uh, it, it's worth noting, House uh, Republicans earlier this week said, look, we, we filed 23 bills that are sitting in the Rules Committee, which they called a graveyard. Uh, the, w- previous uh, stations that I worked at, previous properties, uh, the, it's kind of like the general manager's offices, where I said uh, that's where good ideas go to die. That's kind of what the Republican portion of the property tax relief force uh, was saying uh, about their 23 bills. They're ever going to see the light of day. And, believe it or not, there is some bipartisan support behind these ideas moving forward. Uh, Delia Ramirez, who's a Democrat from Humboldt Park, said, quote, I could see that there's skepticism. There always is. But I do know, she said, that the pressure we feel strongly, at least this Democrat, speaking on behalf of herself, she says, feels really strongly that we got to do something, and we have to do something now. We talk about property taxes. You hear them get brought up regularly in Springfield across the state, uh, you know, across the, the backyard fences between between neighbors. And it's an issue, and it hasn't gone away. And saying, well, we talked about it, hasn't changed anything, hasn't fixed anything. And if talking about it means you push the onus from property taxes to sales taxes to income taxes, have you really solved anything at all? Uh, Representative Dan Ugaste from Geneva pointed out, people, the reason people tell me they're leaving my district is because of property taxes. Uh, and then when I talk to businesses, he says they're considering moving across state lines so that they can save money. And they say one of the re- main reasons is, again, property taxes. And when you look at Geneva's place on the map, it's 25, 30 miles or so uh, from the Wisconsin border and also 25, 30 miles from the Indiana border. So you have to stop and say, look, if you live near a border and uh, Quincy, Adams County, borders Missouri, this is a uh, a, a thing that uh, people are living with. Uh, you go to Missouri to save money on lots of things, whether it's gas or or or, or cigarettes. Uh, in many cases, uh, housing is and property taxes are a thing that people are moving to Missouri to get out of uh, the dark cloud of. Don't uh, forget, if, Northern Adams and Hancock counties have the choice of either Missouri or Iowa. Or Iowa, right? Uh, and if you think that I'm I'm uh, you know, uh, using hyperbole here, try and find a place in Palmyra or 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 uh, to a smaller, lesser extent, Canton right now. And even, even Hannibal can be tough in some places. You have to be related to a person that owns a house and know what their plans are yeah. in order to get a house over there. And we, we've talked about it before. If you're a landowner in those areas right now, I'm sure you've had people approach you about buying land so that they can put... Prop, you know, uh, housing uh, property up in certain areas adjacent to Palmyra, Canton, uh, parts of uh, northern or western Hannibal. The, this is this is what's going on in 2020. Uh, you know, tri-state uh, area. So you uh, you turn in, you go back to the 88 member property tax relief task force. You turn in a late shoddy rough draft. 
And then Governor Pritzker, if you remember, in the last couple of speeches he's thrown out there, says uh, it's easy to be a cynic and that that doesn't help. And I get that. And that in and of itself is a fair statement. I understand that sentiment. Uh, I mean, we joked for years here locally about hashtag Bud says no. Okay, so I get it. Cynicism doesn't you know, add towards momentum. You can't get the ball rolling if there's cynicism holding everything back, if somebody just leans back and folds their arms. But that's really not the case uh, here. Uh, you have uh, an 88-person, seven-subcommittee task force that's supposed to address an issue that everybody in the state recognizes and gives voice to, and that task force doesn't complete its work in the allotted time window and then turns in a rough draft with nothing really transformationally substantive. And then, more or less, calls it a day. We were uh, under the impression back uh, during the holidays that there would be more. There would be a final uh, assignment turned in. But it looks like that rough draft is just going to be it. Called it a day. So how does a taxpaying voter not respond to that in a cynical way? How, and in Illinois, it's not an out-of-the-ordinary occurrence. It's just on a larger scale when you're talking about an 88-person, seven-subcommittee uh, property tax relief task force. Such a huge group of legislators working on a particular problem, and there we're left with what they've done. And the problem is still sitting out there. It's a big enough problem that everybody recognizes it. The governor gives voice to it regularly. Uh, so you have to understand the cynicism that people in Illinois have when the problem is is there, it's the elephant in the room, and yet... Nothing is moving forward on it, despite the fact, like Republicans say, hey, look, we've got 20-plus uh, ideas, bills that are sitting in a rules committee that we think will help. How come we can't get these moved forward? At least that would show something. Can we, can we get moving on any of this? Because it makes it look like you give voice to property tax relief as a problem, but you don't really follow through. It's the difference between talking the talk and walking the walk, um, it's, it also points to the fact that I think right now Governor Pritzker, while talking about cynicism being a problem in the state, is more focused on the graduated progressive fair tax vote coming up in November. But here's the rub on that. If, if cynicism is a problem and your property tax relief task force hasn't done what it was supposed to do, and that in turn produces, the, it bears the fruit of cynicism across the state, don't you think that cynicism is going to dovetail into that vote in November? That cynicism is going to be reflected in that vote. You need to create some optimism. And I understand that you need that, and that's what he was speaking to, as being the opposite of the cynicism. That's that's great. How do you get the optimism? Instead of pointing to the cynicism and saying it's bad, help make the optimism occur. Because if you get some momentum going, some optimism happening, perhaps that vote, perhaps your progressive graduated fair tax, for all the points that I don't like it, at least might have a little bit of uh, weight moving in its direction. But if your your government-led group that's this huge thing 
can't follow through on what its assignment was to do in the first place, how are people going to believe that your graduated progressive fair tax all of a sudden will be the answer as well? Even though some of the, by the way, some of the bills that uh, Republicans have uh, filed that have landed in the rules committee and are just sitting there. Uh, interestingly, I think you've got HB 5430, which is a Missouri-style senior income tax credit against property. Uh, I like the idea that we have legislators that are taking a look at neighboring states to see how they're approaching certain areas and trying to apply it here in Illinois. I don't think that's a bad idea at all. Is that copying off your neighbor? All right, but in this instance, uh, I, I'm not uh, too upset with that. I'm not looking for a brand new, out of the box, original idea. If Missouri's got something that can work, why not apply it to here in Illinois? Another thing that they introduced was limiting local units of government and their uh, ability conti- to continue bonding. Uh, allow voters to consolidate townships if other units of government can operate more efficiently. That's HB 4496. Prohibit taxing districts from holding more than 150% of the previous year's levy levy year's property tax collection and require excess amounts to be refunded to taxpayers. That's HB 4762. Just one of the couple dozen bills that Republicans have put forward. They have done some work here. Let that momentum gain some steam and let the voting public see that there is work going on there. You want to get momentum and reduce cynicism? That's how you would do it. That's the Friday edition of the News Roundtable. We'll be back in Monday morning at 10 a.m. You should be here, too. The News Roundtable will reconvene Monday morning at 10.06 a.m. on AM 930 WTAD. Podcast available online at WTAD.com.